Hi, this is Bob, and today I have an interview with Breathworth. Breathworth has delivered one of the best albums of the year, Metal in My Heart. This album is a must for your collection. And here is my interview with Breathworth. Hello, my friend. Hi, Rob. Finally, we're, yeah. we're Rob. We're, <laughs> here we are. We both here. We are. <laughs> I wanted to thank you for taking time to speak with me today. No, thank you for, for being so patient. Now everything is ready here again with my with my internet and uh, all the stuff, all interviews done for today. And uh, I'm really, really happy we're, we can do it uh, right on time, spot on. I wanted to ask you about the recording process for Metal in My Heart. How did it go for you? Yeah, the recording process is uh, more or less, um, you, you have to imagine it's more or less a team thing. I'm, I'm Bradford, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm the, the guy up front, but there's Peter, uh, my singer, and uh, Sandro, my producer. He lives way up in the north of Germany. I'm, I'm living more in the middle of Germany, and my production team is way up in the north. And together with uh, Sandro and with Peter, I wrote all the songs and we recorded actually in the studio uh, from Sandro, from my friend Sandro. And he's quite a famous guitar player here in Germany. He's, he's playing for, for a comedian, a well, very well-known comedian. And um, he's playing in big venues over here, like 5,000 people each night. And uh, so uh, he's really a strong household name in the, in the guitar scene. And uh, yeah, like basically all bands, we, we, we put, we record some pieces here and there. The drummer starts, then, uh, then the bass and the guitars and at the end, uh, the vocals. But uh, the most important thing maybe for the fans and for everybody who's uh, interested in uh, studio recording work, it's all played live in the studio. We don't use any computers and stuff like that. We don't use auto-tune or all this modern shit, you know? I'm, 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 yes. the, 80s, I'm the 80s guy, you know? <laughs> yes, absolutely. I, I, founded, I founded my first band like 82, uh, the first version of, of the Mad Max band, which is my, uh, you probably know, which is my other mm -hmm. band since, yes. the early, uh, since the early 80s. And everything is recorded live in the studio. Of course, we do a couple of guitar overdubs and stuff like that. But the most important thing for me is when I record a song, I have in mind that I want to play the song live on stage, you know? And so it's yeah. important. So for me, it's important that I can do the song with my band live on stage without using extra musicians or without using extra uh, keyboard or without using extra tape. This, this is something I don't want for my band. It's okay for me if other bands use uh, things like that, but, but I'm the more, I, I wanna see a band and I wanna see a band play the songs live. That's my philosophy. And I wanted to ask you, um, since you've had such a long history of recording, I wanted to ask you, do you feel that there are certain nuances that have been lost in the digital platform 
since it switched from analog tape. I think I lost you. If you're using your cell phone, um, you probably went to lock screen. Lock screen? Can you hear me? I, yeah, I, I hear you perfectly. Can you oh, hear okay. me? No, I couldn't hear you at all. You I didn't know if you were if your phone is has a lock screen and it switches screens from our conversation, it'll drop your end. No, um, I, I can hear you perfectly. Okay, great. Um, I was asking about, uh, are there certain nuances from uh, the past days that um, in going from analog recording to digital recording that you feel um, has hindered music? Uh, not not really for me, you know. It's uh, okay. Of course, I, I grew up with tape machines, recording with tape machines in the in the early eighties. Uh, but right now, for me, recording for digital uh, mediums like 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 Spotify or Amazon or whatever, it's I I record as in the eighties. You know, I'm lucky that all my albums, whether it's Mad Max or whether it's Breathworth, it all comes out as vinyl as well, you know. It's yes. I, uh, the album comes out as a vinyl version, as a CD version, as for Spotify, for for digital versions. And I to I try to capture a kind of analog feel, you know, uh, mm -hmm. on my on my album. I know it's not <laughs> it's not analog, but I try to capture this feel in the studio as as I would. And, and I'm feeling the same like I felt in, in, in the 80s. For me, there's no, there's not really a, a difference. Of course, the vinyl version sounds different because you're, you're using uh, different equalizers and stuff like that. So the vinyl version a little bit is a little bit more from, from sound-wise. It's a little bit more like it was in the 80s when we recorded on tape machines, you know? Yes. And, and I personally, when I listen to my own albums, just for learning some, some guitar parts or whatever, I always go back listening to the vinyl versions. You know, I, I, I rarely listen to the CD or I rarely listen to, to some stuff on, on Spotify. I always use the old vinyl stuff. For example, uh, one of my favorite record of all times is the darken under lock and key you know mm -hmm. and and when i go back to finding out some things about the sound that, that they did way back in the 80s I, I always go back to the vinyl version of uh, under lock and key yes yeah i think it it definitely uh captures the raw sound of the band and uh definitely uh Absolutely, out, absolutely, yeah. Gives you that feel of being there. Yeah, in the end, music is all, everything is about expression or feeling. So the most, the most important thing in the studio is to, is to create a, this special vibe. You know, this is the most important thing. I'm not, I'm not so much the technic, the, the guy that fo is focusing on the technical side, 
I'm I'm more the guy who's focusing on the on the vibe in the studio for everybody. Sure. You know that that I have a band vibe, and that uh, I have a good atmosphere for everybody, and that everybody is feeling comfortable. And I have this band situation, and I'm sure when when the fans listen to the album and all the reviews uh, are telling me that I'm that I'm perfectly right doing it that way because all the reviews they say okay this is really it, it sounds like a band album and it has really uh, its own sound and it's uh, um, yeah it's uh, it, a lot of people are reminded of the early 80s where i was influenced by by the new wave of, of british heavy metal with like early uh, iron maiden early saxon early judas priest that's my main influences and it definitely shows up in your work as well um it's one of the reasons i love that love the album so much is it does bring you back to that time and, absolutely uh, thanks so much for saying that i wanted to ask you as well about the title track um how did that one come to you yeah i have to i have to admit that metal in my heart definitely is like the, the when i wrote the lyrics this is really like autobiographical. This is the lyrics uh, of Metal in My Heart are absolutely autobiographical. It's more or less telling the story of being 40 years now uh, in the metal business with a lot, a lot of ups, but also a lot of downs. My Mad Max band uh, breaking like in the, in the late 80s and then just coming back in the early 2000s. Uh, years with Mad Max and uh, now just running two bands for, for the for actually yes. for the for the for the first time in my entire life I'm running two bands with Mad Max and, and Bradford and that's something different for me as well and uh, doing justice to 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 both bands and uh, yeah this is the, this song metal in my heart uh, goes back to the early 80s and, and telling the fans what, what my roots are, like I told you with the early priest, yeah. early Saxon, early maiden. And uh, Danger is another one of my favorite tracks. I wanted to know if you could speak on that as well. These, to, to, I wanted to create a little bit this early Iron Maiden feel. Yeah, you know, just from the from the very first Iron Maiden album with Paul Diano on vocals and this twin guitar uh, stuff and this driving rhythm, and uh, so Danger is a little bit my yeah. I'm honoring the uh, the, the very early Iron Maiden uh, album uh, that uh, influenced me so much, and uh, I'm not sure if you know that, but after the very first Mad Max album that was released in '82. My singer left the band, and that was the main reason the Mad Max music with a new singer then changed a little bit towards the American style. You know, then my mm -hmm. a, a new singer came in, and and this guy was was from his voice. He was more or less influenced like like from the uh, from the Bon Jovi stuff, like Dawkins stuff, like Rat. Uh, Warren with Jane Lane and stuff like that. So the sound of uh, I had I had to make a compromise. You know, I originally wanted this new wave of British heavy metal sound, 
but with the new singer I got, this was not possible. So we 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 changed the musical style a little bit to the more more American uh, hair metal style, and uh, with Breathworth now I wanted to return to the early new wave of British heavy metal roots. I also wanted to ask you um, about the video for Dynamite. How did that go for you? Uh, the Dynamite video, that was a fun thing because uh, a good friend of mine, uh, he's running a motorcycle club, you know, way, way in the south of Germany. And those guys are really uh, big fans of Breathworth and especially of this Dynamite song. Because it's the feel is a little bit like early ACDC, you know, with the with yes. a touch with a touch of keyboards in the in, in, in the in the solo section of the song. It's it's a little mixture of, of keyboards and uh, guitars, and um, so a lot of bikers uh, biker clubs here in Germany, um, they have uh, they have this dynamite song as their yeah as their song for the for their for their biker clubs. And so I thought it might be a, a fun idea to bring in some bikers, just make a, just make a s small two minutes uh, promotion video <laughs> uh, for the song. And that worked, worked, really, uh, worked really very, very good. And this song really is a crowd pleaser. You know, when, when we play yeah. live, people are singing like 10 minutes. They are singing the dynamite chorus. It's, it's really fun to play that song live in front of an audience. And you have to be so very pleased at how this album has been receptive. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm, one, one review I'm, I'm really proud of, not sure if you know it, but, but for German bands, getting a good review in the UK is basically impossible. And with, with metal in my heart, from, from the very, very famous British uh, print magazine, Powerplay, we got 10 out of 10 points. <laughs> wow. not, even, not even the Scorpions or Halloween uh, got 10 out of 10 points. So, so this was really something super, super special for me, uh, getting this super high review in the UK. And that shows me, uh, yeah, uh, that shows me uh, I, I did everything right with this album and the, all the other reviews just from, from the States, from Japan, from Europe, it was all like 8 out of 10, 9 out of 10, 10 out of 10. Yeah. Uh, really, uh, really exceptional. And I wanted to ask you if you could speak on the album artwork and the artist that was involved. And is the cover art going to be the, uh, the logo for the band? Yeah, it's it's the cover artwork is an is an interesting mixture. The you know the the Breathworth band logo is created by a friend of mine who's living in Brazil. You know, he he uh, found this logo for me, and uh, the uh, the the cover artwork was done by by a friend of mine who lives here in in Germany. And I told him my idea to 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 mix the Breathworth logo and the Phoenix. And he put everything together. So now for just for like T-shirts and merchandising and stuff like that, 
I'm using the Bradford logo. I'm, I'm using the, uh, the, uh, the Phoenix, uh, but I'm also using this, uh, this small skull that goes with the, with the Bradford logo uh, as well, which is, not, which is not on the front cover, but uh, the, you can find the skull with the Bradford logo uh, in, the, in the CD or in the vinyl booklet. And what's the next step for the band? What can fans look for next? Yeah, the next step, of course, is now uh, playing live. This is, uh, uh, I get, I am getting a lot of offers, which I'm uh, very, very happy about. A lot of offers for some big summer festivals next year. And um, we start in November, uh, playing uh, November, December, playing a lot of club shows here in, here in Germany first and in the Netherlands and in Belgium. And then uh, next year, go um, to all the big festivals and hopefully offers will come from the States as well. That would be really one of my dreams to bring the, the band to the States or maybe to one of those metal cruises that happen in the, in, in the States now. Mm -hmm. um, and this is, this is something I, I really want to do. And then later, later next year, um, I start uh, writing the songs for the follow-up album. That's... Uh, of course, uh, it's selling very, very, very well, and the record company is super happy. And it's Breathoth is is really already now a strong brand. We managed to uh, to create a real Breathoth band, and um, so uh, we will definitely make a second album uh, later next year. Yeah, I can speak. I can speak for the community here. We'd love to have you in the States, my friend. I would, that would be really, believe me, that would be a dream come true. I know it's expensive to bring a band over. You have to cover the, the, the accommodation and you have to cover the flights. But, um, you know, if you can dream it, you can make it. <laughs> that's, that's my philosophy. I wanted to ask if you could speak on your musical development. At what age did you begin? Oh, I, I'm, I started not that early, um, actually. I started around 15. So I got an, uh, I got an, uh, before that, I, I more or less played soccer the whole day, <laughs> seven, <laughs> seven days a week. And then I was infected by bands like, like, like T-Rex and, uh, the sweet and uh, the hoople and stuff like that. And, and that draw me into playing guitar. And my mother actually had a very old acoustic guitar at home that, that I never used before. But when I was 15, I'd, I uh, discovered it. And then immediately I started taking a few lessons, but my, my guitar teacher wasn't into rock and roll <laughs> so i said mm. okay that's nothing for me i like i i learned it by myself and then i started i dropped you again my friend okay can, can there, you, I no, hear you. better Yes. Okay. Yeah. And then with, with, with 15, uh, I started uh, learning just cover songs from, from Sweet, from Slade, from, from T-Rex. 
And uh, yeah, with, with 16, I, I started uh, writing my first own songs, you know, because in my hometown, uh, almost everybody just played cover songs. You know, everybody played like the Rolling Stones or whatever at that time. Right. And I, I always wanted to have a band and that was my dream just, just from right from the start, having a band and, and composing my own songs. And that's exactly what I did with the first Mad Max album in 82. All the songs were written by the band. Basically, most of the songs written by me together with the, the singer who, who did the lyrics for it. And yeah, it's, um, I'm, I see myself not only as, as, as guitar player, I see myself as well as, um, as a composer and, and, and writer, you know. I write lyrics, I write music, and um, I'm, I'm developing concepts for the band. How can I, can I present the band in, on stage and sure. in, the, in the media and stuff like that? And along that journey, what would you say has been the best advice that has been given to you along the way? Yeah, I mean, the best, the best advice uh, uh, really gave me uh, Rudolf Schenker from the Scorpions when I, when I once uh, met him. And um, he, he said to me, uh, Jürgen, don't care what other people say. If they like your music, if, if they don't like your music, it's not important. It, the only thing that's important when you when you stand up in the morning and you have the feeling you're doing the right thing, just keep on doing it. That's great advice. Yeah, I think that's I'll... it. And I'm still today uh, in the morning when I stand up. I'm I'm happy that I can can work with music, and um, I'm really the guy. You know, if if I try something with a band and it's not working it's i say okay i tried it it's not working try the next thing you know and i'm and that that makes me happy and uh, so i'm i'm never frustrated a lot of mu musicians are frustrated if it's not happening directly you know some things take time some things work some things don't work and these uh, this advice from rudolf schenker uh, really uh, influenced me a lot. And I mean, Rudolf Schenker is doing it for 60 years now. Sure. Uh, and speaking on that, I want to ask you, um, when you're not indulged in music and working on it and you want to unwind, what are some hobbies that you enjoy in your spare time? In my spare time, I'm uh, actually I'm I'm doing a lot of sports. You know, I'm I'm still playing soccer, I'm uh, running a bit, I'm playing tennis a bit, because you know, in my age, to be honest, the most important thing is to stay healthy, and I try try to keep myself in good shape, and that's funny enough. That's something that Rudolf Schenker <laughs> is doing as well. You know. Uh, Rudolf Schenker is exactly 10 years older than me, you know, and he's, he's still touring all around the world and he's still in good shape. So I try to keep myself in good shape and that's my main, my main hobby beside, beside the music. And I'm going to put you on the spot. If you could tell me 
What is your favorite German band? Yeah, it's easy. It's this this answer is easy. My favorite German band are the Scorpions. They it's it's always they they have been the first really heavy band that that I was influenced, and um, I was still um, just a fan of their energy. I don't I don't like all the songs, you know. I don't. Yeah. The, the, it's it's not it's not that I like all the songs, but it's the energy, and it's like working uh, each and every day on your career, and if if, if uh, some things fail, just go and try something different. You know, that's it's it's a kind of philosophy that I really go with, and that that really makes me a happy life. So my most ever favorite German band are the Scorpions. If you was to ask me, I'd be tongue-tied. I wouldn't know who to actually pick. Um, I know Warlock <laughs> would Warlock would be one. Um, yeah, but Warlock only think- you know you, Warlock only had a short period of time. You know, then they yeah. then they then they split, and Doro Pesh uh, made her solo career. You know, so so the Scorpions are now just going sixty years. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing because yeah. it's a marriage and some most marriages do not last like that. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. Doro is now this year uh, celebrating 40 years, but just just like me with with a Mad Max band, you know. I sure. I, I, I had my 40 years in 2022. And uh yeah, so Doro has a long way as well. Yeah, I remember uh, being in high school and a lot, you know, I was very deep into the metal scene and a lot of people here didn't know about Warlock. And I said, you have to hear this band because if angels could sing, they'd sound like Doro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Very well said, my friend. <laughs> Another question I wanted to ask you and, and going back to what we were speaking about earlier with the recording process. How do you envision the future of the industry? I'm, I have the feeling right now is, is a good time for rock music again. Maybe, maybe the sales from CDs and, and, and from, from downloads and stuff like that, they don't bring that much money compared to the 80s, you know? But what mm-hmm. right now, what's working very good it's all over the world if it's in the states in south america here in europe is playing live and i have the feeling if you have a good live band if it's a great live act and you play for the fans they come they buy your cds and they buy the t-shirts and you can you can yeah you can work with a band quite good and that's that's i think is the future of the industry now in the heavy metal scene, you know, because mm-hmm. in the, the, the heavy metal scene, still it's necessary for a band to play live. All those projects, you know, there are a lot of record companies working with projects and you and you will never see the band live on stage. You know, sure. it's just it's just projects. The singer, the singer is from America, the guitar player is from Japan, and the bass player is from South America. When I, all those project things, they don't really sell. It's just making money for the record uh, company, you know. 
But I have sure. a feeling if, if, you have, if you have a band, and it's, I, I, I see it with Mad Max, we still get offers to play all around the world. This year in April, we've been to Colombia and South America. Uh, now we're going to Cyprus, which is here, uh, here in Europe. Then next year we come back, we go to Costa Rica, we go to Mexico, we go to Colombia again. Uh, so there is a demand for the fans. Uh, the fans are there all over the world. You have all those metal cruises going on in the, in the States with all the 80s bands. Uh, so my, my idea is it will be a mixture, you know, getting some income from, from selling CDs and, and merchandising stuff and, and getting the other half of the income from playing live. And I personally am happy to um, know that finally there's legislation in the United States against Spotify um, in order to give bands their fair share of the cut. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, a fair share I, for the bands. Yeah. Sure, because it's literally theft what they're doing. Yeah, yeah, ab absolutely. And they, they want to blame the record label for it, but in actuality, the source is from Spotify. Yeah, and and the, the, the craziest thing is that a lot of promoters... They are checking, when, when they are booking bands for festivals, they just check the Spotify numbers, you know? If you have like 20, 30, 40,000 followers or more, you get a spot on a festival. If you have less followers, you don't get the spot. Yeah, I think it's, it's just all a crime. Yeah. You know, it's unreasonable for a band to make a hundredth of a penny for a listen. Just heard Peter Frampton say that um, I did an interview with Van and they said that Peter Frampton did an interview and he had 55 million listens and got under $1,500. Yeah, that's that's absurd. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I also wanted to ask you, um, What's the best way to get merchandise and a physical copy of the album? Uh, for you, you mean merch, some merch to order? Yes. Mm -hmm. um, just just uh, uh, send me your address, and uh, I sent you I sent you a, a Breathworth shirt. No problem. We I'm I'm about to uh, with a friend of mine. I'm about to set up um, the Breathworth uh, website. Uh, but it will take like two or three weeks, and then it, would, it will go online, uh, and uh, people can can uh, get CDs and some some other like lanyards and a cup and some some nice little gimmicks via the website. But I I send you a shirt to to the states just for helping me uh, uh, promote Breathworth in in uh, in the USA. Well, thank you, my friend. No problem. Just just drop me a mail. With your post address and your size, the, the size of the shirt you, you need, and I'll send you one over. And lastly, I wanted to ask you, if you could give a message to your fans, what would that message be? Uh, definitely thanks to, to all my wonderful fans uh, that stuck with me uh, uh, over the last 40 years. And uh, thanks so much to each and everybody for supporting Breathworth now, which is like more a debut album, but it's me. <laughs> it's yeah. me being be, being 40 years around. 
And yeah, as I said earlier, this is really my dream uh, to bring a Bradford to the to the states. And maybe if some promoter is listening and there is maybe a festival around, uh, we come over. We just need the accommodation and the flights covered. That's all. I don't want I don't want a big fee or all any kind of bullshit. It's just getting. Uh, the accommodation and and flights covered i come over we play and if somebody's listening and, and is doing a big festival i'm that would be really a dream come true for me and be a dream come true for me because i'd get to see you live yeah definitely so who knows if you can dream it you can make it and Absolutely. I, i try everything and uh, i'm ready for it Well, I wanted to thank you, my friend, for not only speaking with me, but creating an album that is very special from top to bottom. It's one of the thank best albums I've heard this year. Thank, thank, thank you, Rob. It's, it was really fun playing with you, and, and I'm really proud that I can send you the shirt, and you will wear it in the States. And if, if I get the chance to come over, we, we're going to meet. You Absolutely. And me, you and me. And I mean, we stay in we stay in touch anyway. Absolutely, we will. Rob, my please friend, feel, please feel free to update me at any time with any new news as it comes about. I will as soon as as uh, some big news are coming in. You're the first to hear. You're, you're my you're my main promoter in the states. Well, thank you, my friend, and you have a great rest of your day. Okay, you too. Thanks so much, Rob. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. I'd like to thank you for listening to today's podcast. You can sponsor the podcast. Just click that button and you can be a member of the family. And remember, come see me for a fix.